Hello, I'm Brooke. Welcome to Knit Sew Craft. We're here to talk about knitting, sewing, and all things crafty. Come on over to Instagram at Knit Sew Craft Podcast after the episode to see what I've been working on each day. Our sponsor today is Sunny Day Fiber Arts. They carry high quality handmade items such as stuffed animals and masks, as well as craft supplies like project bags and stitch markers. Be sure to check them out on Etsy at Sunny Day Fiber Arts. Hello, my lovelies. Welcome back to Knit Sew Craft. I am podcasting from my daughter's closet. Um, it's small and very tight fitting, but hopefully the sound will be better this week than it was last week. Um, I'm thinking that the inter- uh, interference that you heard, I think that's from being so close to the router. So hopefully moving locations as uncomfortable and as uncomfortable as it might be, might be a little bit better um, recording wise. So hopefully you can hear me just fine. Um, It's still pretty well insulated. There's still a lot of toys and stuff in here. So hopefully you'll be able to hear me clearly this time. So welcome back. And today we're going to be talking about planners. And I had originally thought that I was going to do this episode with Myra, but I think uh, the cosplay conversation was so much more interesting. And hopefully um, she and I will get to do another episode and we'll get to talk about planners because she has really influenced my choice of planners and my planning style. So hopefully we'll get to talk to Myra about that. But I, I do consider planning to be a craft. What do you think? Do you agree? Let's talk about it. I can still remember the first planner in quotations that I ever had. And this might be not be something that you consider to be a planner, but it's the first place that I started writing things down and keeping track of information. I had begged my mom for the teacher grade book, like one of those with the floppy uh, covers that had the double spiral down the side. And then you open it up and it was green and white squares and you had room for the kids' names on the left-hand side and along the top, you could put the date or the assignment, and then you could write your grades where they intersected. Um, I was an only child until I was eight, so my sister was much younger than me, so we didn't really play together that much. So I'd gather all my dolls and stuffed animals and my imaginary friends, and we'd play school. I'd be the teacher writing down everyone's name and give the people I didn't like in real life bad grades. (laughs) And the kids I did like or the boys I thought were cute always got good grades. Always. (laughs) And then in middle and high school, the school gave us the small spiral bound planners to use for our classes to write down our homework. I loved writing things down. Um, They didn't always get done, but I always enjoyed writing them down. And when the week was over, you would fold either up or down your page um, and they would alternate. So you get this neat little V uh, going in your in your planner. Then I lost track of everything for a while. Um, Relationships were rough and young and my attention wasn't on college and my mental health was precarious. Uh, Several years later, maybe in my early 20s, I found a stable job and a pretty good guy. I bought a spiral bound Mary Inglebright planner, uh, as well as a page a day calendar and brought it, uh, and that those things kind of brought me back to being organized and feeling more organized. And, um, I noticed that my, my home was cleaner. I was on time to work and my boyfriend and I had a better relationship because my mental health was mending. 
somewhere along the way, I lost this planner and I just, guys, I just felt lost. I went to Walmart. <clears throat> I went to Walmart to replace it and found one of those small six ring binders and a clear shell and it was kind of like floppier, like it wasn't rigid. Y'all, I stole it. <laughs> it was exhilarating and scary and ridiculous. Uh, I told my boyfriend about it and he was mortified. He was so disappointed in me. So, and I felt so bad about it that I went back to the store, picked one up off the shelf, went to pay, like paid for it, and then pretended that I forgot something and went back and put it back on the shelf so that there was one that I bought and there was still one at the store. And, you know, I felt so much better after that. And I really, I haven't stole, I think I've stole like one thing since then. Um, and that was like 10 years ago. No, like, mm, 17 or 18 years ago. <laughs> it just, it affected me that much. But from then on, I carried a planner and, you know, jobs came and went, boyfriends came and went, and I grew up a lot. Uh, I'd gotten a job at my current place of employment at a big box electronics store and I remet my husband. Um, things were going pretty good. I lost my interest in planners for a while, but um, I would always buy a page a day calendar each year, and I would write down the things I needed to do on the back of the previous day, and I kept those little pieces of paper in a small basket on the counter, and that's how I planned every day. Um, specifically, I remember having a Mary Inglebright planner and a um, Farside by Gary Larson calendar, and I, I think I actually still have some of those pieces of paper today. Then I found Filofax. One of the ladies at work had a medium-sized soft brown leather Filofax planner with a two-page week spread. It was gorgeous. I started researching Filofax, finding just the right color, just the right size. I spent weeks agonizing over what I needed the week to look like. Um, I finally bought a raspberry faux crocodile planner in the personal size with a week on two pages, and it was perfection for a little while. I didn't like how small the days were, and I found out that I didn't care for the horizontal line, uh, layout, but I kept using it because I had an investment in it. I paid $65 for this thing, Bef like just for the planner, not for the inserts. <clears throat> and also I like to write things down in a very particular way. Like, um, I will have what I have come to learn is a brain dump. Um, and basically I would write everything down in list form and then go through the list again and write things down in the most efficient way to do them. So you know how you can put laundry in and then walk away from it. So I would say, you know, um, put laundry in washer and then I could walk away from it. And then the next step would be um, start the dishwasher and then I could walk away from it. And then I could continue to do things in the most efficient way so that as I got a, you know, as I finished up one task, it was time to take the laundry from the washer to the dryer, or it's time to open up the dishwasher to let the dishes dry. Um, so it really was, yeah, I still use it to this day. Um, and I'm really, really glad that I kind of found a name for it. And I, this is actually not something that I've come across. Um, I follow a lot of um, planners, people who plan, I guess. Um, 
and a lot of different methods for getting the most out of your day. But I've never come across anybody else who has talked about um, planning in this way. And um, I think part of it is because, um, what's a good way to say this? Uh, A lot of people will say, put your priorities first. Um, But if I'm able to do both, you know, have my priority is washing the dishes. That's great. I can do it and walk away. And that the task isn't done because the dishes are still washing, but I can check it off my list. And that makes me feel so much better. I love seeing a piece of paper with things checked off. Um, and this is a little side note, and then I'll go, go back to um, script and talking about bullet journaling. Um, one of the things that Gretchen Rubin talks about is a to-do list versus a ta-da list. And I will put that in effect as well. Like if I don't, if I have not started out with a list and I do a couple things, I will then go back and write them down and cross them off like, ta-da, look at what I did. Yay. Um, And that is actually really helpful for me. Um, It shows me that I actually do a lot during the day. And it's not something that um, I hear a lot of people talk about other than Gretchen Rubin, but it's incredibly helpful. So if you have not done a ta-da list, why don't you, you know, take a short break, go make a list of the things that you've done so far today, and then cross those babies right off and you will feel excellent for it. All right, uh, back to this. So um, I kept using the file effects for a long time because I had an investment in it. And about a year later, so this is maybe like seven years ago, I found out about bullet journaling. And y'all, this was exactly what I was looking for. It was simple. It was easy. It was no fuss. You just write down what you needed to do and you were done. Uh, I wanted to keep using my Filofax though. So I bought a ream of cardstock and went to a copy shop and um, got it cut to fit uh, the personal size. And side note, I still have pages for this thing left over. It was a huge excuse me, it was a huge amount of paper. (laughs) Um, and I may, I may end up going back to it, but you can, um, I had found a place online where you could print a dot grid on, uh, like your own custom made dot grid on paper. And so I had a dot grid in my file effects and I started out by dividing the two pages, like two pages facing you in today's in a vertical layout. So I had six days on one page and the opposite side, I had the seventh day and things like weekly chores or to do's like those things that didn't necessarily have a due date, but I did need to get done. And this worked really well for a long time. Um, then I found, uh, Luke term and Peter Popper press. And, um, I, well, first I went to a gridded notebook by Peter Popper press. Um, and then, uh, I would like divide those out. Basically I would start a day and just use as much room as I needed and then draw a line and go to the next day. So it wasn't, you know, it was hard for me to keep track of like long-term things. Um, but it was really, really helpful to kind of focus on the day. And, you know, my mental health was, um, having some issues, you know, had a one kid or two kids, and I just needed a place to write things down. And this was the best solution for the time. Um, then I went to, uh, 
I went through a lot of iterations of setups, but worked, but what worked for me at the time was the one day at a time. And I was totally in the rainbow. So I had bought a a pack of flare pens and I would use them in rainbow order. So not only am I getting things done, but it was aesthetically pleasing too. If I had something to do later on the week, I would just keep writing it down until the day came, but that became exhausting. So I'd often forget to write things down and then, you know, it kind of came apart. Um, it was a little bit tougher for long-term things. So I bought another notebook and set it up in the bullet journal, like the actual bullet journal way by Ryder Carroll and key in the front monthly view, weekly view. And at the end of each month, I would use the pages for journaling. And that was really the best thing that I had found for keeping a planner and a journal. And it was all in one place. And I kept that for almost a year. Uh, I started working part-time at Joanne a little bit after this, and I was exposed to the universe that is happy planner. I really liked the vertical laid out. I loved, um, having the rings and that I could put pages in, take pages out, um, and just put it back in the way that I wanted it to go and move things around and getting that discount was pretty amazing too. I spent a whole year dedicated to one planner, and that is such an accomplishment for me. I loved having the month and the week printed out for me so I didn't have to do all that work myself, but I also had plenty of space to write out all the things that I needed to be done. Uh, I again went to the print shop and had paper cut just for the planner so I could add extra pages. Um, so with Happy Planner, um, they don't have, they have basically small, medium, and large, and I think they call it something else, but the small one is like smaller than a half page of paper. Um, the middle size is a little bit smaller than um, a regular size piece of paper. It's like bigger than half than half a page, but smaller than a full page. Um, and then the large one, I think you can actually put a full eight and a half by 11 page in there. Um, they don't make things easy, which I guess is part of their marketing plan. You can definitely sell more things if you have a particular size that you need. Um, I bought a lot of sticker books. Like it's ridiculous. I probably have 15 to 20. I know that there are people that have more and I know people that use like two and then they give them to me. <laughs> um, but you know what? I have a lot of fun with it. It's like scrapbooking, but without all the paper and glue, <laughs> I can be creative. I can be constrained to a theme or I can have blank, a blank page to fill up with words. It is amazing. Um, I have, um, since transitioned away from, um, happy planner, um, because I wanted something that's a little bit more goal oriented. Um, but I'll be talking about that in just a moment. Each January, me, Amanda and Myra and I, <laughs> me, Amanda and Myra all get together for a planner brunch and we bring our planners for the year, all of our sticker books and any additional stickers we have. And we have a fantastic time talking about planning and decorating and eating and sometimes drinking. <laughs> we share what we have. We share our goals for the year. It's a time to release expectations of last year and to look hopefully towards the new. And this is also a time that we just really enjoy being together and talking about the goals that we have for the next year. And, um, you know, we really try to encourage each other to um, work towards these goals <clears throat> and just be our, you know, the best that we can be. 
Uh, I did not buy a happy planner for this year, but I'm still using my sticker books to decorate my planner. I bought a Foxy planner for 2022 because it was highly recommended for goal planning, goal setting. Uh, I have some pretty big goals in business this year and also some, um, you know, very personal goals that I, I'm not sure if I'm going to share, but that's okay. Um, you know, we all share what's comfortable with us. But I wanted something a little more goal oriented. Um, I have enjoyed it so far, but I definitely look enviously at my friends' happy planners and tell myself that I will get back to it next year. Uh, in the meantime, we'll be crushing our dreams or living a simple life with a small daily checklist. However we do it, I enjoy the time and productivity and creativity of my planner. So tell me, what do you think do you think crafting includes planners? What kind of planner are you and what type of work, what type works best for you? You can connect with me on Instagram at knitsocraftpodcast or on my blog at knitsocraft.wordpress.com. Or you can also email me privately at nittynerdy at gmail.com. And I will also have links um, in the show notes to some of the products that I've been telling you about. Um, I do, I did start reading the bullet journal book by Ryder Carroll. And not only has it been good as a refresher for bullet journaling, but it's also been really good in terms of um, like learning more about productivity. So um, it's not just about, you know, use this key here or use this symbol there. Um, he does talk a lot, a lot about productivity and creativity. So if you have not read it and you are interested in bullet journaling, I think that's a great place to start. All right. So uh, a couple updates. Um, first of all, last week, Myra and I had talked about um, our crafting goals for the year. And honestly, I had kind of forgotten <laughs> what my goals were. And so now I'm going to go through my goals, um, tell you what they are and tell you how I'm doing with it. All right. So first one, stash dive for fabric and yarn, unless it's a custom. Um, I have done this. Uh, I've done three of the sock hats, sock head slouch hats, all three from stash. Um, and because I've been working so much on the amigurumi pieces, um, I have had to buy new yarn for those pieces because I don't typically like to knit with um, cotton or even larger yarns. Um, probably 98% of my stash is fingering in sock weight yarns. That's just what I like. I like shawls. I like hats. I like socks. Um, and you can still make sweaters with fingering weight. Um, so that's kind of where my heart is as far as knitting goes. Um, so I, I feel like I have gotten a pretty good handle on that. Uh, next up is fiber related tattoo at, uh, during staff. Well, staff is in October. So, you know, we're just kind of waiting on that. Uh, make something animal cross, animal crossing related. Nope. Haven't done that. Cross stitch something. Nope, haven't done that. Read books about other makers. Um, I have. Um, I was talking last week with Myra about reading the Worn Archive, and because that is fashion slash anti-fashion, I do kind of feel um, a kinship to that. I feel like fashion is very much creator and maker oriented, and um, so yeah, I I think that's a great thing. And I also picked up the two books, um women in clothes, which is also 
you know, there's a lot of stories in there about making your own clothes and daily rituals. Um, and that's a book about creative, like the daily rituals of creative people. Um, I have, I've read both of those, but I picked them up at the bookstore, um, the used bookstore in Asheville. Um, and I will reread those at some point. So, you know, I feel like, uh, I have gone a little bit towards that reading about other makers. Um, next is maybe starting the artist way. I have not done that at all. Uh, so a needle case. Nope, not at all. And work slowly and for my own pleasure. I'm a selfish knitter. Um, I do feel like I have reached that a little bit because of the hats that I made for me and my girls. I also have um, one that I'm going to make my sister. She had asked for it for Christmas, but that's not going to happen because that was last year. Uh, so hopefully I can get it to her for Christmas of this year, or maybe a little bit earlier. Her birthday's in November, so I might try to get it to her in November. And then my mom has asked for a hat as well. So, um, you know, hopefully working on those throughout, um, throughout the year, I'll be able to get most of those done. So, uh, you know, I do feel like I've made a little bit of progress, not as much as other people maybe, but um, it's all right. We can get through this. Next up is what I've been working on. It The show season has started, so I am in full show-making mode. I had a, um, a craft market last week, and I'll have another one this weekend. Um, Amanda and I shared a booth at last weekend's craft market, and um, we did okay. Uh, Amanda did better than I did, which is awesome. I'm so proud of her. She sold a uh, couple embroideries, a um, couple scrunchies. Um, and then after the show, I got a couple of uh, commissions for the custom dolls. So um, even though it didn't go, go do great at the show, um, I feel like having these custom doll examples um, can help sales later. So I'm all right with that. Um, and then I have a big show coming up in Waynesville on the Saturday of 26. It's the Cottontail Market. So if you're anywhere local to Western North Carolina, please come out. There's like 140 vendors, uh, food trucks. There's um, an arena full plus two buildings full of vendors. Um, most of them handmade. There are some like uh, I think there's one or two Tupperware vendors, a couple clothing vendors. Um, so I, I think it'll be really fun. Um, but Amanda is graciously helping me um, at this show because it's it's pretty big. Um, it's my first really big show, especially since Vended Hendo has kind of um, collapsed. Uh, we're not going to be, I'm not going to be in Vintage Hendo anymore, um, which I'm sad about, but that's for another day. Um, and she's going to be there with me, uh, helping to set up, helping run the booth. Um, that way she can go run to the restroom. She can go shop if she wants to. I have someone there to help me and keep me company. Um, but I have been making a lot for this show. So I sold one of the bunnies at the, uh, junk in the trunk last weekend. So I still have six more left. Um, I'll be taking those. Um, I have made some bunny garland where it's just like the head and the two ears. Um, and I crochet those in two layers. So I end up making four ears and two spirals. And then, um, I put those together in a certain way. Um, and then I have, I just chain stitch, excuse me. I just chain stitch, chain stitch them all together. And that's turned out really cute. I have one that's cotton. That's like a, 
um, beige color and white because everybody loves neutrals. Uh, then I made one out of acrylic, which has not been my favorite, not been very kind to my hands. Um, but I made one in rainbow bunnies, which I absolutely adored. And if someone doesn't buy it, um, Amanda probably will, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> um, and then I'm going to make one that's black and white. So I'll have three, um, um, get back on track, Brooke three bunny garlands. And I'm thinking that I might make that something, um, that I continue in my, either as a custom or ready to ship in my Etsy shop, making like crochet bunting, basically. Um, I think, I think that would be pretty cool. Don't you? I hope so. Uh, I got a custom order, uh, through Etsy for one of the custom dolls. So I will be working on that. Um, she knows that I have a show coming up. Um, but what we did is we worked through Etsy combos. Um, you know, I, she asked for certain colors of hair and skin and she wants pants with rips in them and a purple long sleeve shirt. And I think it's going to come out really cool. I have some really neat ideas that, um, I'm excited to work on and I'm going to be doing curly hair, not necessarily for the first time because I have done it before, but just not on these dolls. So I'm intrigued to see how it comes out. And I'm, I'm sure that I will have to redo these a couple times, but it'll be fine. It'll be fine. We got this, right? We got this. Um, I, Amanda and I do want to do a show talking about our experiences with the craft markets. Um, hopefully some of you listening, um, if you're interested in a craft market or you have done craft markets before, hopefully we can have a discussion about uh, what to do, what not to do, what might be unconventional but works. Um, I have a good bit of experience um, with craft shows and uh, especially running, uh, being an organizer for Vintage Hendo, I kind of have... Um, you know, that, uh, being able to see it from the other side as well, from the organizer side. Um, and I think that that can be a really helpful thing to think about as well. Um, I think that's about it. Um, I hope y'all are having a wonderful day. I hope it's bright and sunny where you are. Um, we're going to have a great weekend this weekend. Um, and I hope y'all enjoy the weekend. I hope y'all enjoy this recording and please, uh, get in contact with me. I love talking, um, to other people about knitting and sewing and crafting and planning and all things like that. So I want to know, what do you write in your planner? And I'll give you a suggestion. This podcast comes out on Thursdays. So be sure to write that down. And until next week, keep knitting, keep sewing, keep crafting and keep planning. Bye. Let's talk about your projects. Follow me on Instagram at knit sew craft podcast and tag us in your projects. I love seeing what amazing things other people are working on. You can find links to the items I talk about in the show notes or head over to my blog to see photos and links at knit if you're enjoying the podcast, please give us a like, subscribe, and leave a positive review on the podcast app you're using. If you'd like to get in touch with me privately, my email is nittynerdy at gmail.com. That's K-N-I-T-T-Y-N-E-R-D-Y at gmail.com. And until next week, keep knitting, keep sewing, keep crafting. <laughs>